I'm Caleb Giddings, and welcome to Firearms Industry News for the week ending in April 17th, 2020. Let's get started with today's stories. Uh, first off, come, we have a political story out of Georgia where the Second Amendment Foundation sues uh, Georgia County and a judge asserting a deprivation of rights. And so the backstory here is in Cherokee County in Georgia, a probate court judge, Keith Wood, uh, according to SAF, has violated the constitutional rights of citizens by ordering the county to not accept applications for concealed carry permits during the coronavirus outbreak. Now, this is something we're starting to see a trend of is these dudes have decided that because there's an outbreak, now is the time to get their petty tyranny on. And we're going to discuss this a little bit later in today's episode. But SAF and GPC and NRA have been on top of filing lawsuits to get this kind of stuff shut down. So in this case, the SAFN, the Firearms Policy Coalition, have filed a lawsuit in this county in Georgia, Cherokee County, uh, naming the governor, the Georgia Department of Public Safety Commissioner, uh, Cherokee County itself, and Judge Wood all in their official capacities. So we'll see how this one turns out, and I'll obviously drop some more updates as this story develops. So that's our first political story of the day. We're going to go ahead and shift gears to new products. And in interesting new products, Ruger has launched a competition-oriented 1911 on their SR-1911 line. So an interesting thing that Ruger has been doing is they've really been ramping up guns out of their new custom shop. Obviously, they have the custom shop uh, revolver that I have, which I love quite a bit. They just launched the American Competition Pistol, which is their polymer-framed striker-fired pistol, now in a competition trim. And they're adding on to that with a Doug Koenig custom model, again, from their custom shop. And this is a really well-set-up 1911. Uh, just to go through this, the features, it's got Hogue Piranha G10 grips. It's got adjustable Bomar style sights with a fiber optic front it's got a big magwell on it for speed reloads it's chambered in nine mil so you get 10 plus one in the gun because nine mil is all the rage in 1911s right now and so really well thought out really well featured gun and honestly it's really good looking as well when you see the pictures on this in the link which will be in the first comment you will probably be like that's a good looking gun the only problem is, is the MSRP is $2,500. And I don't know if you're going to be able to get the sort of people that are interested in a 1911 from Ruger to be able to pay $2,500 for a gun. Now, it will probably street for less than that. You'll probably be able to get it at a dealer for less than $2,500. And if it hits at like two grand, I think they'll do well. But $2,500 is a big ask for a gun that says Ruger on the slide, especially considering you can get, you know, uh, Les Bayer for about that money, which I know people have their opinions about Les Bayer. But anyway, I think it's a cool product. I hope Ruger sells a gajillion of them. And I really love what they're doing with their custom shop with selling these guns that are really well thought out, thoughtfully engineered, and well designed. So that's new and it's awesome. Next, we have a announcement from Federal. Uh, Federal Ammunition has introduced new practice and defend packs. So this is something that Federal's doing that I think is very clever. Uh, I think Winchester does it as well, and they call it train and defend. But basically what Federal is doing is they're taking their HST round, which is probably the consensus best self-defense jacketed hollow point on the market right now. 
is they're taking their HST round and they're packaging it with the uh, Syntec rounds. And I'm a big fan of their Syntec rounds. It's the total synthetic jacket round that Federal is making. And what the rounds are is they're ballistically matched. So you're getting, you know, a 147 grain Syntec round and 147 grain HST in the pack and they have the same ballistics so that when you zero your self-defense gun with your practice ammo it's also zeroed for your defensive ammo. That's very cool. I think it's a great product. Again something that I support and I hope they sell a lot of these. Now, before we get to our discussion of politics, I do have some good news. So we have submitted Firearms Industry News to the Apple Store to be available on your Apple Podcasts, which I hope we get the approval back for that soon. And we'll upload this episode to the Apple Podcast queue. So this will be the first one that goes in there. And you guys should be able to actually listen to these in your car or wherever you get podcasts. We'll also do some audio uploads from some of the more talk-oriented YouTube videos that I have. And for those of you that have been following me since before Top Shot, I used to have a podcast called Gun Nuts Radio. Uh, Because getting to the range and making content is difficult, I'm bringing that back, at least for the time being. I filmed an interview yesterday with Matt Little from Greybeard Actual. It was a great interview. We're going to drop that on Wednesday on YouTube, on Facebook, and also the audio of it will go in this new podcast that we've submitted to Apple Podcasts. So hopefully that'll be up and running soon, and you guys will be able to download those on your phone and listen to me wherever you listen to podcasts. And now that brings us to the commentary section of the news today, and it's a disturbing trend that I've been seeing, that a lot of you have been seeing in the last few weeks around this whole coronavirus thing. And what started out as a well-intentioned desire to keep people safe and keep people healthy has turned into an opportunity for people to get their petty tyranny on. Obviously, we've seen it in North Carolina where the Raleigh Police Department issued an official statement saying protesting is not an essential activity, to which I would like to say, the hell it isn't. It is right there in the Constitution, man. Like, right there. The right to peaceably assemble. It does not get more essential than constitutional rights. Uh, We've also seen in Michigan the governor restricting very weird things like if you own two homes, you can't drive back and forth between your homes. You can't buy seeds and manure if you have a garden. It's very strange, and it's concerning because the pressure of being locked down was bad enough. People like me get antsy, and I want to go outside. I want to do stuff. I want to go to bars. I want to do all these things that I'm not allowed to do right now. And when you start ratcheting that pressure up, and adding little petty tyrannies like telling people they can't walk their dog or they can't assemble safely and social distance from each other. Like if I wanted to take my car and my friend wanted to take their car and we wanted to park our cars nose to nose and then yell at each other out the windows, that's fine, right? Well, not in Michigan, it's not. And not in North Carolina, it's not. And that's a problem. And it's a concerning problem because the kind of petty tyranny that you see is exactly the sort of stuff that doesn't end well when it continues to ratchet. And my hope is that this will all blow over and the quarantine will be lifted soon enough and we'll all be able to go back to our jobs and our bars and our lives and everything like that. But I would like to remind everyone who watches this and everyone who hears this message that when it comes time to vote, remember these politicians. Remember the ones that respected your civil liberties. Remember the ones that respected the Second Amendment and the First Amendment. And more importantly, remember the ones who didn't. 
and vote those sons of bitches right out of office. I'm Caleb Giddings. Thanks for watching.